Broadcasting live from the decoy in Spring Branch. Get out here tomorrow for the grand opening. Your chance to win four rocket tickets to a game of your choice. All weekend football here as well. And UFC 295, no cover on Saturday. Let's go out to the HRP guest line, being joined by our friend Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. Lee, you had a winning week last week. Yep, good week, uh, three and two, and good week overall with the service, nine and five. And I just got off to the show in, in Charlotte, so the tale of uh, two cities here that drafted one the wrong and one the right quarterback. Yeah, you can say that again. People are very happy about C.J. Stroud. They're very happy that Carolina took Bryce Young, though. Uh, let's start at the college game, yep. Lee. Big 12, which is always near and dear to my heart. If I've said it once, I've said it a million times. The Big 12 is and has always been the best conference in sports. Kansas, Texas Tech, Jayhawks playing well, giving three points to the Red Raiders. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, so this Kansas team... Uh, Jason Bean is turning into the guy. So he's got all the confidence in the world right now. And their defense under the radar, um, you know, they're finally tackling. I think they understand all the schemes here. Um, a lot of people don't realize how much they have improved. The only defense that shut down this Kansas offense has been Texas. And we know Texas has some, some athletes, some dudes on the defense. Tech minus six in turnover ratio. And if you want to back them on the road, you are asking for trouble. How about this? 2-14 and 14 straight up on the road since 2019. 6-10 against the spread in those games. Sometimes you got to lay it if you want to play it. Kansas, 38-28 over Tech. Lee, uh, a possible trap game. I'm curious your thoughts. OK State coming off that huge win in the last possibly shootout against Oklahoma. Uh, taking on UCF this weekend, is, is OK State looking for a letdown, or how do you see that game playing out? Well, you know, it could be a letdown. I mean, this is a team that's played extremely well over the last month. Back to 5-1 and one straight up and against the spread in Big 12 play. Conversely, Central Florida 1-5 and five in their debut in the Big 12 straight up and against the spread here. Uh, their problem is defense, 109th in the country in total defense. Got a nice running back in R.J. Harvey, four straight running yard games. But Ollie Gordon is just even better than Harvey here. This guy is getting it done for him. It seems like a, a letdown here, but this team has just come together. I said at the first of the year, I thought this was the most untalented team here in the last 20 years. But um, they right now are a Big 12 contender, not a pretender. I think they find a way to get it done at the bounce house here. I like them 38-34. That's okay. They can win this one. They're they're saving their loss for next week whenever they come to Houston, TDECU Stadium. Uh, Let's move on to the NFL. Lee Sterling, our guest, Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com. Hands you winners each and every week. Head to his website, find out more. Uh, Lee, the best in the business. NFL side of things. Baltimore is home for Cleveland. If the season were to end today, Every yep. AFC North team's in the playoffs. It's wacky at the Crazy. midway point of the season. Uh, Ravens, a lot of people are saying Super Bowl contender, maybe the best team in the AFC. They're giving up six points at home against Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland yep. Browns. What are you thinking of this AFC North rivalry? Well, I did think that uh, this division might end up all the teams, four teams with the same record. I don't wow. feel the same now. I think it's going to be Baltimore and Cincinnati, which separate themselves, but you know, in our division, when you lose that first game in a division matchup and then you go on the road and you're getting more than a field goal, it's money. Over 64% of the time the last decade. When they played the first time, and it wasn't that long ago, week four, 
The Ravens buried him. 28-3. Dorian Thompson-Robinson was forced to start that game. Deshaun Watson is back now. Uh, people talk about Baltimore. Great defense. They've won by a combined 73 points against the Lions, Cardinals, and Seahawks. They lead the league with 35 sacks and are allowing the fewest points with 13.8. But Cleveland's defense is right there. I mean, they rank first in total yards, pass defense, and third in scoring defense here. So I like the fact that these two teams know each other here, and you get Deshaun Watson in his second start back here. I'm calling for the upset. I think Cleveland gets it done here, 26-23. Lee, you got a couple of streakers uh, yep. in this next game in the NFL. You got San Francisco going the wrong direction. They have really been funneling downward and struggling. You got Jacksonville leading the AFC South, playing good football, 6-2, and two, looking like the team that we thought that they were supposed to be at the start of the year. Kind of an interesting matchup here between the Niners and the Jags. It is in the Jags. How are they getting it done? Takeaways. 18 tied with New Orleans uh, for the lead there. The 49ers have committed seven turnovers in the three losses. Uh, and this is a team, when they're winning, I mean, they dominate the ball. They'll hold it for 35, 36 minutes a game. Three losses. They've only had it for 28, 25, and 26 minutes here. I just think that this team behind Brock Purdy, they are built. They have to have everyone on the offense to be successful. Without Debo Samuel and without Trent Williams at left tackle, they just can't get it done here. I like the addition of Chase Young, reunited with Nick Bosa, Ohio State teammates here, but uh, they need everyone, all hands on deck here, for that offense to get motoring. I like Jacksonville. This is a young team starting to believe in themselves. I don't believe in the you know the whole, whole Duval County chant and you know nine oh four, but Jacksonville's the right side, twenty six twenty. Lee Sterling is our guest on the HRP guest line. You can find his great work at ParamountSports.com. Houston Texans have a tough one this week. They head uh, on the road to Cincinnati, a team that's been playing really well. Uh, Bengals are favored in this game by seven points. Both teams have some injuries, it looks like. It looks like T. Higgins just been uh, is, is being reported to not play. Texans secondary looks very, very thin. Uh, it might be a battle of attrition in Ohio on Sunday. How do you see that one going, Lee? Yeah, this is crazy. I mean, since the start of training camp, I think I counted 36 players Houston has on the injury report, uh, 15 listed as questionable for this game. You know, Chase, he could be a no-go. But I have a feeling he and uh, Higgins will end up playing in this game here. What an incredible game last week. I mean, I'm watching that game and the Minnesota endings. They're going on at almost the same exact time. That's why the NFL is so great. Uh, I love the way C.J. Stroud's looking off receivers and defenses here. And uh, the only problem here is averaging just 3.1 yards per rush without Damian Pierce. So they need him back and being healthy. And also, they lost their kicker. So he could be gone with a quad injury for a little while here. So his replacement, uh, I think it's all like 2-7 and seven, uh, with kicks beyond 40 yards. So I think it's going to be tough here. Cincinnati, I think it's just too hot. The line is ticked down to 6.5. I like Cincinnati here, 33-23. Lee, look, we do this for, for fun and, and for a little excitement when yeah. we spend a little bit of money. You take this as serious as anybody, and you get people results. Tell people that are out there that want to get involved with you, how do they get involved with Paramount Sports? How do they, if they're not full-blown on board right from the jump, how do they get a taste, get a free play, get a deal or two, and then understand why they should be playing with you every week? 
Well, we're, we're, I mean, our entire record from the start of the preseason all the way through now, 75-49-2. That, that's pretty darn good. And then we, once in a while, we'll come with a 40-50 to 50 unit selection. We've only had two this year. But how about this? We have two in the same weekend for the first time in 15 years. We're 62-20 and 20 on these 40-50 to 50 unit best bets. We range our selections from 10 to 50 units. These don't come around often. One in the college on Saturday, one in the NFL on Sunday. Normally, you've got to be at least a monthly or seasonal client to get these best bets. We're going to we're going to allow everyone to get involved this week. How about this? Seven games, five in college, uh, and two in the NFL. And like we said, two of these seven games are 40 to 50 unit best bet major wagers. You want to hop on board, $117.00. Get you all seven plays. You want to hop on board. This is the weekend. If you've never been with me before, just one place, ParamountSports.com. Lee, we enjoy it each and every week. I'm sure uh, plenty of us and our listeners will be telling, and we'll catch up again next week. Sounds good, guys. Take care. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com, joining us on the HRP guest line. Yeah, it's been, uh, I was looking through the Twitter here, and Ian Rappaport, a little over half an hour ago. T. Higgins, who did not practice today after injuring his hamstring in practice yesterday, is expected to miss the Sunday's game versus the Texans, sources say. He'll be evaluated Chase's on a week to week basis. Sure is still, I mean, boy, the way he hit the turf. Yeah, I mean, he's no guarantee to go. Right. But, but Higgins is out. It does look like the Texans are going to be without Jimmy Ward. He also has a hamstring injury. I didn't see when Steven Nelson got hurt, but that's a either. significant loss. Stingley's back at practice, but they don't think he's going to play this week. They think he's going to play the week after that, so... That's gonna be, it's going to be a weird game. Like Neither team is going to be anywhere near their best. A uh, story of the NFL, but of course then even with from a depth perspective, you keep going through your backups too with the Texans secondary. So that is a bit concerning. It, it's, a, it's made a little easier if you're missing one, if not both, of their top receivers. That's Joe Burrow. That, that's an offense that can roll. Biggest thing that, and I heard the guys uh, when we were driving here, when we were coming in on Connor and Beard, they were kind of focused on those two guys and try to figure out what they need to do there. Joe Mixon's the biggest problem because if you look at what White did for Tampa Bay last week and the fact that he was running rough shot a lot of the, the portions of the game, the Texans have a hard time from time to time stopping the run too. And Joe Mixon can be a workhorse between the tackles and he can provide a lot of problems there too. They got to stop the run and they got to worry about stopping whoever's playing wide receiver. I don't know why but Mixon just doesn't scare me. Mm, I, I think I think he's a little washed. I think he's a little past his best football. He doesn't really he doesn't do a whole lot for me. White wasn't my ideal tailback that was going to torch the the Texans no, at all. No. So I mean, Joe Mixon still got plenty left in the tank. Watching him last week in that game, I mean, he scored. He he, he handles the football still very well. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, if the tech the Texans have to find a way to consistent more consistently stop the run. Yeah, I mean, you're right. They're not great against the run. The fact that they lost Ridgeway last week hurt, but hopefully they get Rankins back. I, I think Mixon's kind of mid. I, I don't I don't think a whole lot of Mixon, uh, quite frankly. Over under 75 yards. Uh, let me think of game script here for a second. See, I think the Bengals kind of cruise, honestly, mm. which I don't feel great about that. So if they're cruising, then Mixon probably gets more carries than he normally does. You said 75 yards? Yeah. Just rushing yards or total yeah, yards? rushing yards. Hmm. I'm going over. I'll take the under on that. Okay. 
I'm not willing to bet a lunch. I'd, no, bet, a, I'd, bet, I'd bet a coffee on it, but not a well, lunch. I mean, we could bet Joe's coffees because he owes know, both I'm, of us and we haven't yeah, seen them. Yeah, I'm owed two coffees. Yeah, Joe Yeah, Joe owes me one, two, and he owes me I'm he owes us lunch, and he owes us a lot of – it's fine. Yeah, Joe wants – if you're not familiar with this story, Joe had the idea that he was going to buy a Starbucks gift card loaded up with $5, and whoever – like we would have these rotating coffee bets. The very first rotating coffee bet, I won – and Joe used it on himself. Got and then himself we a little the mocha frappuccino. We killed the segment. We no, killed we the didn't. will of bits. You know, we didn't. We, no, this wasn't a will of it bits. Doesn't mean you get yes, to renege on a no. bet that already no, happened. No, no, no. It was a rotating bet that just happens organically within the show. It wasn't a will of bit. Yeah, it I wasn't promise like, you it was a will of bit. I don't know about that. I promise you, you used that Starbucks card that had my name written all over it. Well, yes, yes. There you go. End of story. I mean, I, I, I'm aware in my ear that you are aware of the bets you've lost, but you should be aware that you still have to pay them. Yeah, he's aware of the. I've the, paid yeah, plenty exactly. of them. Not to us. He's played plenty of them, which admits that he hasn't paid all of them. Yeah. 713-780-ESPN. Killer Bees live from the decoy in Spring Branch ahead of their grand opening tomorrow. where They are giving away four Rockets tickets to a game of your choice. You want to take advantage of that. They're also going to give you dinner, complimentary of uh, Roostar. Saturday, no UFC 295 cover. College football all day. Sunday, NFL football all day. And Houston Texans against Cincinnati as well. 713-780-3776. Let's try to make sense of some more Dana Brown word salad. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Oh, one of my favorite things is uh, is Gentle Ben. You all know that. It's a great pleasure of mine to tell you about Gentle Ben for a variety of reasons. The top of the list is because I believe what I say, Gentle Ben is great. Whether it's the vodka, best in the state, the gin, best in the market, or the bourbon, double platinum winner at the prestigious Ascot Awards, Gentle Ben uses their innovative, revolutionary technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest, the cleanest, smoothest spirits you'll ever taste. Smooth, clean, eliminates the burn. Don't labor through your drink. Enjoy it. Savor it. And you can do that with Gentle Ben. You'll love what's not in it, including gluten. Gentle Ben isn't going to brag about that one, though, because all spirits are naturally gluten-free. Uh, if you're going to a Rockets game soon, stop by Ben's Bar on the way to your seats and pick up some Gentle Ben right there inside the Toyota Center. Head to the Gentle Ben Tasting Room. Stop at your favorite liquor store on the way home. Pick up a bottle or ask for it the next time you're at your favorite bar or restaurant. Or you can just go straight to the website, GentleBen.com, and you can order Gentle Ben straight from the source, straight from the site. Have the vodka, have the gin, have the bourbon delivered straight to your doorstep. Just head to GentleBin.com to make sure that you order it. Gentleman Spirits makes the perfect holiday gift for friends, family, and your best customers as well. We know they'll love what's not in our spirits, too. Give Gentle Bin this holiday season. Gentle Bin, the holiday spirits. And you're back with the Killer Bees inside the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at the Decoy. Here are the Bees Knees themselves, Joel and Jeremy. Now behave. The Decoy. You get your uh, complimentary food here tomorrow from Roostar. Tomorrow, the grand opening. Also, they're giving away four rocket tickets. You got to get in on the drawing there. UFC 295, no cover. All day college football, all day NFL football on Sunday, including. Texans, Bengals. Uh, we were at 75 yards on Mixon, 8147. Mixon, 75 yards, rushing yards, rushing yards. Uh, he says, I'm taking the over. I'm curious what y'all think about Stroud this week, over under 250 passing yards. 250. Uh, well, the running game, it depends because their running game hasn't been great either. So I'm going to say over 250. Yeah, I think that the game script's going to force him to go over 250. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they're going to run the ball well. I think they're going to be behind most of the game. 
I think he's going to throw the ball a lot. I think he goes over 250. Mixon, if he gets over 75 rushing yards, he'll be just the – guess how many times he's done it this year? He's been dinged up, though, right? I think he's early in the season he was game. dinged up. I thought he's, he was dinged up early in the year. They didn't want to well, use him a like lot. Looks like he's played in every game, and he's had, at least, he's had double-digit carries in every game. Okay. Uh, four. Uh, he's done it twice. Wow. He's done it twice. So this would be his third time if he does that. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't do that. That would be good for – our friendly bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daner Brown has uh, – he likes to talk, I think. He Daner really Brown, does, He man. likes to uh, he This likes reminds to me of young Daryl Morey when our owner used to cringe every time Daryl opened his mouth. Like, he just he, – he's never met a microphone he doesn't like. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, – Daner Brown, I, I don't know if he, like – I don't know if he, like, seeks out the microphone. I just don't feel like he really knows the direction that he's going to go. Um, you know, he talked about – not needing starting pitching at the deadline. Trades for Justin Verlander. Uh, mentioned last year. Remember remember when Tucker had like that torrid, uh, I can't remember the month, but he had like a torrid couple of weeks or a couple of games. He's like, oh, yeah, Kyle Tucker's going to be an Astro for life. I, um, if you go to Astros.com, there's an interview that Dana Brown has at the GM meetings. I guess this was before everybody got the stomach bug. Did you see uh-huh, that, that uh-huh. they ended the GM meetings early because everybody got what Andrew Carlson had and was throwing up everywhere? Uh, but they so called who the, started it with our place, Beard or Andrew? Had it been Beard. Yeah. Yeah, it had to have been Beard. I guess you're next because you're sitting right next to Andrew Carlson today. Yeah, well, I've already been on cough drops, and I thought it's allergies, but maybe you're right. Maybe you're the one who started it all. No, because I did. Ha- did this happen well after they both had sat out days of work because of it? You were out yesterday. Right, right, because I, because my <laughs> daughter had a play. I left that part out intentionally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, here was uh, here was Daner Brown with John Morosi of MLB Network. Remember, remember again, he said that Kyle Tucker they wanted him to be an Astro for life, and they're going to get him. They're going to keep him. Listen to this. Listen to this answer about Tucker and then other extensions. Doesn't necessarily sound the same. Extend. I mean, of course, you you know we got him for two more years. Uh, we're going to see what happens. We'll you know we'll try to engage. I mean, we have. Two other guys that we have to talk about as well. It's Altuve and Bregman. And so, you know, we, we have guys that we want to give extensions to. But, you know, we're not in conversations right now with any of them. Uh, but I could see at some point in the offseason we will have some kind of conversations with some of these agents. A little bit different, huh? A little bit different than, yeah, Kyle Tucker's going to be an Astro forever. Just padding the brakes a little bit. That's the th- I don't I can't trust anything Dana Brown says because one time he's talking out of the left side of his mouth, the next time he's talking about the right side of his mouth, and the truth probably somewhere in the middle. I don't I can't believe the general manager who cries wolf anymore. I can't. No, you can't. And and again, this is why when we start talking about the realistic professional sports approach, players, coaches, and, and front office people when they talk to the media, you shouldn't hear something out of someone's mouth and immediate take it for, for its full value. Going, oh, that's that's got to be true. Because whether you go back to the old Brady comments about 99% of what I told you guys, I thought the opposite, and, and I was just full of BS, to the fact that you see situations like this all the time. Belichick constantly, is not, he's not going to give you anything, or what he does give you is probably going to be the exact opposite of what he yeah. thinks. It's a pawn and a tool more than it's an, inform, it's an, more than it's an information source amongst professional sports. So, you know, you take it all with a grain of salt, unless yep. you got inside sources. Not the GM talking to John Morosi. I think I'm going to. Uh, I think I'm going to stop listening to everything that Dana Brown says because I don't think it carries much weight anymore. Um, I don't think Tucker's going to get an extension. Now he's still with the Astros for two more years. Like, cool, just play it out. Twenty four, twenty five. You're an Astro. Uh, Altuve, Bregman are a little more pressing because they're entering the final year of their deal. Uh, Boris mentioned that they, they expressed interest in wanting to get something done, but they've not negotiated anything to this point. I think Altuve will get done. I think Altuve will be a forever Astro. 
Bregman, I would put it 50-50. Price matters mm-hmm. with Bregman. I think that because of the fact that there's a legacy involved with Altuve, and he is the greatest Astro of all time, that that plays a huge part of this. I think as much as Bregman's been a part of this golden era of Astros baseball, there's not that same uh, affin- aff- affinity for a guy like Alex Bregman, and he's declined a lot more than Altuve has over the last several years to where you're a little bit more concerned, especially when he's got Boris as an agent, thinking about the fact, both of them do, but thinking about the fact that, look, if I'm Alex Bregman and I think I get Manny Machado third baseman money or, you know, I was looking at Matt Chapman this week, uh, they're saying projecting around 25 for him. I mean, you got to think if you're Alex Bregman, you're thinking below 25, at or below 25 for how many years? And if you go above that, I think the Astros would be out on that. Yeah, that's about where my bar is at for Bregman, too. Now, too, I'm probably just giving him a blank check and be like, please be very honest and fair with me. Uh, 8693, that, this was kind of the deal breaker on taking him seriously. He straight up contradicted himself on a very important subject. Contradicts himself all the time. Con- a surplus of starting pitching three weeks ago. Yesterday or two days ago. Yeah, we'll always be looking at starting pitching. Deadline, we don't need starting pitching. You trade for Verlander. Uh, Here is another one from uh, from Dana Brown because I've been pretty – adamant that this team needs a left fielder like I hate the idea of going into the season with Jordan Alvarez as a left field or you know if Jordan's playing left Chaz in center who's DHing if Jordan's DHing Chaz is in left Myers Dubon sharing center field what do you do when Jordan Alvarez takes his month you know sabbatical that he takes each and every year like what what's the plan there uh I I don't think that the Astros are acting like a team that has championship as their priority because if you are then you're signing an outfielder to add to this lineup and not banking on Mauricio Dubon a career utility man and banking on Jake Myers who's never been a you know borderline for a player maybe a backup outfielder uh, banking on those guys to be your everyday center fielders I don't like that I don't like this the idea that they might fill these relief holes internally that does not sound like a team whose goal is championship priority but Dana Brown mentioned some names that are that are in the minor leagues that could help this team as soon as next season yeah a big one is uh you know Melton you know Melton is a guy that we feel like could end up becoming you know, a center fielder at some point this year. We need him to really make a few adjustments at the plate, uh, but he's outstanding. And, you know, we got Arigetti, the pitcher, who's really good. And so those two guys really have a chance, I think, of making some type of an impact on a good lineup. You know, we have a, you know, we have a good rotation. We have a good uh, lineup. And so those are two of our better guys, and they, they may make some type of an Im- impact this year. It'd be great to see. All right, so Melton and Eric Getty. What do you uh, what do you hear when you hear Dana Brown say that? What sticks out to you? Uh, we that may be a part of this club at a certain point this year. I'm, I'm holding very much all the hope in the world that he means that sincerely in this quote this time, and that at some point they might be able to be thrown into the mix to possibly be a helper down the way, yep. but that he's going to look externally because the bullpen's been too important. They've been too successful. They've been too effective to where if you lose three pieces of that bullpen, or if we said one way, shape, or form, if they just lose two of the three, you still have to go out and find quality major league relief pitchers that can fill the void of those two guys because it's so important with this roster and the way that they've used them over the last several years. See, whenever I hear him say melted at some point, it means that he's not ready and he's yeah. not. Uh, he's incredibly toolsy, very, very fast. He's got pretty good pop. He's got a good pop, really good speed. He stole he stole um, 46 bases last year in the minors, but he also hit 245 in the minors, and he struck out like, let's do the quick math on this, 
25% of the time. That's a lot. So whenever he says he's got things in his swing that he needs work, that means he needs to fix the swing is and he miss. Is going to fall league? I mean, where is he? I mean, I mean, even if he doesn't, he needs seasoning. Like Whether yeah. it's fall league, whether it's next year in the minors, but not ready for opening no, day. So if you're, right. if you're counting on Melton like being in the battle for your starting left field spot, that's not a good plan. So if you're and, and I don't think that the Astros are going to sign an outfielder. I think it's a huge mistake. So now you're looking at Jake Myers and Mauricio Dubon are going to fill your center field void every single game until somebody else is ready. You trade for somebody in the middle of the season, which shouldn't be your plan going in. And Myers is better suited to be a backup outfielder. Mauricio Dubon's better suited to be a utility guy. And at the same token, Jordan Alvarez is going to get hurt. Jordan Alvarez gets hurt every single year. So like when you're not planning for like a fourth outfielder that's going to get significant at-bats, in this case it would be your third outfielder, I think that for the month that Jordan Alvarez is going to miss time, your offense is going to severely suffer. Because now you're going to have to play all those guys. You're going to have to play like Chaz at DH and Dubon in left and Jake Myers in center field. And that is a scary thought. It's a less-than lineup in my opinion. That's why I think they are going to try and find a bat. I think they're going to try and find a bat with a trade I think that they all to me it's it's almost I don't want to say it's imperative but it's pretty important that they find an extra bat because you know Seattle is going to be back and they're going to be better than they were a year ago and they were still good enough you look at Texas and you know they're not going anywhere you know your division is going to be loaded and tough and the fact that you have to make sure that you keep up with the Joneses so to speak and you know you had some shortcomings yes you have to find a you know figure out what you're going to do with some other positions like like a backup catcher and like relief pitcher. But I think that I can't see another year with as good as the division is and how the American League's uh, kind of landscape sits. I can't see another year where you're going to rely on Chaz having to have another year like he had last year or having Jake Myers consistently in center field or Dubon. I don't think that's enough. Yeah, if they don't add a bat, I'm going to be incredibly disappointed with their offseason. The, the Spencer Arigetti thing does intrigue me because I think Arigetti's got a chance to be like a – three, four starter on a, on a big league team. Yeah, J.P. Francie to me. See, I think he's got better, much better stuff than J.P. Francie. In fact, because I – yeah, I think he's got much better stuff in France. And, and because Arigetti is knocking on the door, I'm looking to trade J.P. France for either that left fielder or uh, to trade him for a reliever. Because everybody will just move J.P. France to the bullpen. I don't think he's got relief pitcher arm. No. So trade him to a team that's relief pitcher heavy that needs a starter – and flip your starting pitcher Absolutely. for a reliever that can be the sixth, seventh inning guy. Uh, I'm, I'm using J.P. France to give me a reliever this offseason. Totally with you on that. I'm on board because at some point you're going to get Garcia back. At some point, and it depends on who you listen to, if you listen to Boris, who told Chandler Rome, maybe by July. See, I think the timeline's kind of fishy on that. I, I Boris don't... didn't give a timeline, for the record. Okay. But Chandler tweeted, you know. Well, he said it said Garcia and McCullers back oh. by July. So I don't know if they're counting both of those guys back. Like the language on it's very blurry. Regardless, with Garcia being younger, I would and I don't think he has near the medical history of of Lance to where yeah I could see Garcia bouncing back a little quicker. But at the same time, I don't expect either one of them to be ready the first month of the season. So, but you do have a surplus of starting pitching. We've talked about that. And I think you need to use that to your advantage. I don't think Hunter Brown's going anywhere, nor should he. And Hunter Brown's probably going to settle a little bit more. Uh, he'll solidify a little bit more that third spot in the rotation, third, fourth spot in the rotation. Urquidy will be back, and he can do the same. So I think that's where you're going to take the one piece and use it as trade bait to get something that you need. You can also you know, spruce it up a little bit here or there with a prospect or two. But I think that's where he's going to take from if he does indeed make a trade. Yeah, I'm with you on that. 713-780-ESPN. Killer Bees broadcasting live from the decoy in Spring Branch. Tomorrow, grand opening tomorrow. Get out here for your chance to win four tickets to a game of your choice. When we return, 
Bad Tag Boulevard. Who makes the list this week? It's Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Before we go to the break, tell you about my good friend Doc Linville. Doc Linville, best in the business at the Neograph Procedure. But you know what? The holidays are upon us, and if you want a gift that keeps on giving, he does Botox, plastic surgery, all different kinds of things that might be able to be beneficial to you and your spouse, if you know what I mean, the gift that keeps on giving. And also, what he does that we're very familiar with around our station is the Neograph Procedure, because the Neograph Procedure, he's the best in the business, in my opinion, at doing it. It's getting your own hair back. If you've had pattern baldness, you've lost your hair, you don't think you can get it back, you need to check out the Neograph procedure because, as he explained to me, it's your own hair taken from a place genetically you're never going to lose it. That's the sides in the back of your head. And put where you need it most. Maybe it's in front at your hairline. Maybe it's in back up on top where you got that shiny spot. It doesn't matter where it is. He's going to be able to rectify it for you because when he does the Neograph procedure, those follicles are going to stay. They're going to grow. They're going to be with you for the long haul because he's taken them from a spot where they never disappear. It's a fantastic process, but if you want to learn more and don't want to pay anything out of pocket or be responsible for any kind of commitment, just go to 975hair.com right now and sign up for an appointment. It's absolutely free for you. Normally, it's 150 bucks for everybody else. Go in, ask questions, get answers. No obligation, no signing on the dotted line. Just an informative chat where you can find out if the procedure might be right for you. It was right for me. I'm telling you, I will never regret it. It was fantastic. I see the results every day. Could not be happier because of Doc Linville and his staff and the job they did with the Neo. Where they can get run over for all eternity. 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 What's that street? Bad Take Boulevard. Killer Breeze broadcasting live, decoy in Spring Branch. Tomorrow, the grand opening. Giving away Rockets tickets, any game you want to go to, four of them. Uh, UFC 295 for free. No cover on Saturday. College football all day. NFL football, including the Texans on Sunday. And then also, for your... uh, for your, if you're thirsty, uh, beer and mimosa towers too. You got to take advantage of that. All right, so who makes the list this week at Bad Take Boulevard? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. If you have a couple that you want to, uh, you want to report, or maybe you're self-reporting. Sometimes that happens. I have a buddy in my fantasy football league. This is an all-timer. I just tweeted this one out too. He was looking for some quarterback help ahead of Week Nine. He had C.J. Stroud, but he just didn't think C.J. Stroud was going to have a good game. He dropped C.J. Stroud ahead of the Tampa Bay game, in which he went for 470 yards and threw for five touchdowns in favor of Taylor Heineke. He dropped C.J. Stroud, who had 470 and five touchdowns for Taylor Heineke. Oh my goodness! Anybody you just made up? the list. I mean, they picked. Him, he was on waivers through the end of the week, so they picked him up the following week. Yeah. But could you imagine Jeez. dropping C.J. Stroud? He goes for four seventy and five touchdowns, and the guy that you picked up is named Taylor Heineke. The savvy, the savvy general managing of that guy's team. Where do they sit in the standings? He's actually not bad. Oh, <laughs> he's actually not bad. I don't yeah. know what's worse. That That's guy, brutal. That guy or the guy. In the league we're in, that's trying to push this idea that the top six yeah. teams that score, the top six scoring teams <laughs> each week should get an extra win. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah, that that guy, guy. Yeah, guy. yeah you didn't like the you didn't like the head to head. You just made the list. He made, oh, okay, Joe just put guy on the list too. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Matt and Guy both making the list for some questionable uh, fantasy right. football decisions. Could you imagine though dropping that's a terrible. QB? He goes for four seventy and five touchdowns. In a six-point passing touchdown lead, a couple quarterbacks on his roster that are that are good too. Because, I mean, that's a one-week fix. At if anything, with Heineke, hoping you catch lightning in a bottle. I can't say his name on the air, his team name on the air either, because it's inappropriate. You should be ashamed of yourself, Matthew. Should be very ashamed of yourself. All right, moving on. 
Um, we had Caller Al the other day. Yeah, we did. Caller Al is a very big Cowboy fan in all things of Arlington, including Six Flags. Here was his take. And look, I like Adolis Garcia as a baseball player. He's a really good baseball player. Uh, I'm not going to say that he's enhanced. I'm not going to say that he had performance-enhancing drugs. I don't want to be sued. Uh, but here was Al and his thoughts on one Adolis Garcia. And Adolis Garcia is better than any player that's on the Astros. That's all I'm talking about. But you guys are just home. <laughs> we are homers. Um, I don't know Typical if that came. Dumbass <laughs> cowboy fan. <laughs> I don't know if that came before or after he told us to grow up. But he said Adolis Garcia was better than any Houston Astro, which includes Jordan Alvarez, maybe the best hitter on this planet, which includes Jose Altuve, who's probably going to be one of, if not like top three, greatest offensive second yep. baseman of all time when it's all said and done. Also, Justin Verlander, one of the best pitchers of this generation. So, Arlington Al. Makes yeah, the Al was full of a lot of venom and a lot of name-calling and got absolutely crushed from the minute that we hung up the phone with him because he had just gone off on how wrong we were about CJ ending up being better than Dak Prescott and definitely better than him this year. And then kind of as a parlay to that, just kind of, oh, just, just oh, by the seat of my pants before I leave, let me throw this one at you just so that I can take another absolute drumming from everyone that listens to the show. <laughs> you just made the list. Arlington Al. That might be the, that might have been there the were last two bad time. ones. He should make the list twice. What was the other one? The one where he fought us on Dak and called us names because I mean, we could analyze that. That one's probably more mean than bad cuz like I mean I think most people would say Stroud's better than Dak. I don't know if we could quite call it bad take boulevard yet. Can we? It's close. He's 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 got one like etched in stone. Yeah. He's got another one that's teetering. I think that one's, yeah, I think teetering is a good way to put it. I think it's close, but not quite there yet. Because a lot of people still think that Dak's better than Stroud. I had people that, I had people texting me I hadn't heard of in a yeah, long time. I saw the people that. on Twitter coming back at us, but those were yeah. the people that right in their, from their screen name alone, you knew that they were over-the-top homers <laughs> drinking blue Kool-Aid for the Cowboys. Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, you familiar with Shaq? I am. He was, uh, he made the list for something that he had to say about Victor Wimbanyama the other day. Are you comparing Wimbayama to Bobo? Bobo is the first seven foot four guy that we've seen come out with the handle, shoot the threes. Yes, y'all when, acting like when, when y'all acting like y'all ain't never seen a guy like that before. Bobo is the first guy. That's yeah, all I'm saying. All, and I stand on what I say. You can yell, bro. You can yell all you want. I, I stand on what I say. I'm yelling too. I'm, I'm, I'm. There you go, Shaq saying that uh, Victor Wimbayama is the second coming of Bobo. Manu Bowl's son. You just son. made the list. Yeah, it is Manu Bowl's son. And I saw him play in person. I've I've seen him play enough to realize he was a phenomenon in college just because of the fact that he was this. He was a broomstick, and that's exactly where I'm going. He was a broomstick, but he was 7'4", and he could actually shoot the ball like his dad would shoot threes, but he could shoot it from all over. He had handles, and he came to the NBA, and he's absolutely crapped a bet. Yeah, he's um. He's gotten to the point where he's starting to get some minutes now. Like he's not like a complete he's in, he's waste in of space. Now? I believe he's in Orlando. He was with the Nuggets. He, he was, was drafted by the teams. Nuggets. Yeah. He was he was a second round pick though. Like so, Shaq saying that this is like a seven footer with handles that can shoot. Like that that's true. He does have somewhat handles. He does have like somewhat of a of a shot. He's actually with the Suns now. Okay, he's with the Suns now. But yeah, last year he was getting some minutes in Orlando. He played. He started thirty three games last year in Orlando. Like he had some games where he, I think he flirted with twenty, maybe even got to twenty once or twice. But comparing a dude who's a second rounder and is a bench player in the NBA to the number one pick in like once in a generation type of talent, Shaquille O'Neal makes the list. Shaq doesn't know ball. No, you just I mean, made the list. That's a tough take. It is. Um, Joe, what is this one about Granado? Uh, yeah, my sources, um, my redheaded source, oh, sorry, um, told me that the bench, and maybe John specifically, 
said people in Turkey and Alper and Shingun have eaten dogs as a meal. Mm. So what's the, what's the bad take here? I don't Is think that's wrong? true. I don't think that's accurate. I've never been to Turkey. I have not either. I probably am going to stay away from this one, and it does. It, I'm I'm very anxious and surprised to try and hear the validity if we can validate that with two separate sources that said that he actually said something like that. Not that it would surprise me a whole hell of a lot. I just pulled up a. Uh, there, I'm not going to read this. Did you are, you, up, are you googling this right yeah, now? Are Jeremy? you googling to see if people in Turkey eat dog? I, I did Google that. Yeah, I, I googled. Um, do Turkish people eat dogs? But it doesn't seem like they do. Now, it does list nine countries that do eat cats and dogs. Mm. Yeah. No, this says no traditionally I, Turkish. I'd be interested. To, no. I might have been in a couple of those countries. It said Hawaii's mentioned as one. Really? Which is not a, not a country. There you, state, go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, so maybe we see it in America. This says no traditionally Turkish uh, are forbidden from eating dogs. Okay. So it does make it a bad take. Yeah, if it is indeed true. And Joe's sources are indeed correct. I mean, yeah. I'm going to trust yes. my source. All right, then, then you put Granado on the list. I'm not doing yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not either. You just Normally, don't you need two sources? You, you, tick off, you tick off Granado. You don't work on these airwaves anymore. I know better than that. Uh, someone on the highway to hell, I saw tweeting this earlier because C.J. Stroud shot the first shot yesterday, and they he showed did. highlights of him playing high school basketball. And like, oh, Stroud's great. Um, someone from the highway to hell is clamoring for C.J. Stroud to play in the NBA celebrity game during, oh, I guess, why? All-Star Weekend. Could you come up with a worse idea no. and a better spot on this freaking segment of this show no. than to say something like that? This no. guy has just solidified himself as being your franchise quarterback going <laughs> forward. I could not think of a more brain fart of an idea. Hey, let's just go take your franchise quarterback and have him possibly tear an ACL or land on somebody and twist an ankle. It was or dumb worse. when Miles Garrett did it. Remember when Miles Garrett was trying I to don't. Oh, Miles Garrett a couple years ago was trying to dunk in the in the celebrity game. Yeah, it's like uh, at that point I was like, "This is one of the best defenders in the NFL." What are you doing? But CJ Stroud, <laughs> horrible idea. Yeah, let's let's just ha- let's like. In fact, I want to put in Stroud's contract that he's not allowed to play basketball ever. Like, remember Jeff Kent when it came exposed when he yeah. tried to lie about the motorbike accident? You're not supposed to be on motorbikes. Yeah. It damn well better be that the pickup basketball games should be out. Who was the uh, Who was the guy when they played flag football on the beach back oh, like in the yeah, early nineties? Yeah, the the Pro Patriots Bowl. running back. It was, uh, I want to say it was a defensive back, maybe. But uh, Steven something? That was, uh, I, he tore his ACL sure playing did. flag football he on the sure beach. sure as hell did. Didn't Lance Berkman tear his ACL playing flag football, too, at church? I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's absolutely so right. So we're just going to allow the franchise quarterback and top five, like, top five quarterback in the NFL just go play in a celebrity pickup basketball game. It's one of the worst ideas Horrible I've ever heard. idea. Bad take, Boulevard. This, is, this list was, it's made for you. You just made the list. Uh, It was Robert Edwards. There you go. Robert Edwards. He was a first-round pick in the 98 draft. Blew out his knee in an NFL rookie flag football game in Hawaii during Pro Bowl week. Probably the last time they ever played that. the NFL threw the entire event out after that, too. Yeah, he tore his ACL, MCL, PCL. He threw out every ligament in his knee. Did he ever play again? I'm sure he did, but I don't think he was ever the same. Yeah, never the same. Especially then, because back then it was pretty, like, I hope the NFL hires him for a long-standing job to try and make up for that faux pas. I saw that one on Twitter, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe it. Like, you might get fired for saying that over there. Uh, Scott Boers wants a World Series move to a neutral site. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, you just made the list. Yeah. Scott, okay, just keep chasing the dollar signs and do what you do best, which is negotiating contracts. No one ever thought that that would be a great idea. And let's just, I mean, okay, Bud Seeley yeah. Jr., you're just going to you know, start screwing with 
the playoff format and taking the home field advantage away from teams that have earned it. Get the hell out of here. This is a bad take, but um, I wouldn't have hated if the 2023 ALCS was on a neutral site. Maybe Boris is on to something here. All right, 713-780-3776. You can want to self-report, report any bad takes. Uh, you can always let us know. Uh, Rockets beat the Lakers yesterday, and LeBron. They beat LeBron and the Lakers yesterday with the great C.J. Stroud in attendance. Whose team is this? You know, we've seen Alpy do his thing. We've seen Jalen do his thing. Whose team is the Rockets? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at Apollo Men's Health. Apollo Men's Health taking care of people on a daily basis from a variety of different angles. If you don't have enough energy in your life on a daily basis to get the to-do list done, everything that you need to get accomplished from your family, your workouts, your job, everything that you need to do that you used to be able to do, you can't do anymore, go see my friends at Apollo Men's Health because they have a variety of different ways to get you more energy, which gives you more opportunity to get more things accomplished on a daily basis. You want to get uh, into a workout program, but you're worried about being sore. They have ways that you can recover quicker with HGH peptide therapy or ways that you can actually chart your progress because you get into those lulls where you feel like you've hit a rut and you're not making those gains that you were expecting. But then you do a full body composition analysis and you realize body fat is down, muscle mass is up, important numbers are making sense. And that gives you the motivation you need to stick with the program and keep working every single day. Three locations to better serve you in your downtown Houston. They're going to take care of you every step of the way. All you got to do is take care of reaching out to them. Go to ApolloMH.com on the website. Look at all the services they offer. When you see that there's a couple that could actually benefit you, sign up for your first appointment. Most major insurance is accepted. Discounts for military personnel and first responders. Mention my name, Joel Blank, free B12 shot or a body composition analysis on your first official visit, but then let the process go from there. Tell them where you're lacking. Tell them where you'd like to improve. They'll put you on a plan that works. They'll get you the results you need. They're good people doing great things. Go see the people at Apollo Men's Health. Back to the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, live at the decoy, and your favorite drive time sports talk, the Giller Bees. Here they are, Joel and Jeremy. We're live from uh, the decoy in Spring Branch. Tomorrow's their opening day here. They're giving away four Rockets tickets to a game of your choice, so make sure you're out here, get in on the giveaway. Maybe you'll be lucky enough to win. And while you're here, complimentary food starting at 5 from Roostar. Roostar's great, too. Uh, UFC 295 here Saturday with no cover charge. Where else are you getting that? College football all day and then NFL football all day uh, Sunday as well, including Texans, Bengals. Beer in uh, Mimosa Towers, too. you got to take advantage of that. Uh, whose team is this? I mean, like LeBron, obviously, the Lakers are LeBron's team. Uh, you look around the, the NBA, Warriors, I think, are still Steph Curry's team. Uh, who... Whose team is the Rockets? 713-780-ESPN. A couple of people here. Joe only had one source. Joe's not a journalist. Uh, he only had one source. That's Usually right. journalists need two sources. But uh, Joe's not a, he's not a, he's not a journalist. He's a sports entertainer is what Joe is. Uh, two different people texted in, though. 7230, he definitely said it on air, referring to Turkish people eating dogs. And somebody else uh, said uh, 9440. I was listening when Granado said it. So you have two other sources that have backed up Joe's claim. That's good. That's now I'm not going to get called a cancer, so I feel good. We're, we're is good. It, is well, it, you still might, yeah. is it, but you'll be at least be accurate. Joe, can I ask a legit question? Is it good or is it dicey? Because as the assistant programming director, that might fall under your jurisdiction if people had issue with it. Eh, I'm not worried about that. He can deal with his own problems. <laughs> if it was anyone else on the station, maybe. If it's John and Lance and Dell, like, they're on their own. 
All right, yeah, fair enough. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Whose team is this, Blinkers? The Rockets, right See, now. See, to me, there is no obvious answer, and that's okay because it kind of goes back to something that you said when we were talking about this initially, and that is you don't have to have, unlike in pro football when we talk about the importance and the significance of having a franchise quarterback, in the NBA, and we've seen this with Golden State, even when they had a, a boatload of talent, they had three and four guys to choose from that could step up at, on any given night and be the man. I think when you look at this Rockets lineup, it's still the waters are too muddled in terms of everybody still finding themselves and fitting into a new system in the league and, and, and making a name for themselves to where it's okay to say one night it could be Alpi, the next night it could be Green. If Jabari gets hot, you could ride him. Van Vliet and, and, and even Dylan Brooks are fully capable of giving you 25 one night when you need it. So I don't think that you can clearly define it as someone's team yet. Maybe you won't ever be able to do that, but you can clearly define that this team has enough talent to have multiple options night to night to be the man. We have a, we have a few members of the Hive who are very intelligent. I've said it all the time that we have the, the most, most intelligent and sports-savvy uh, listenership of anybody in this city because they're, they're stealing my answer. I don't think it's any player's team. Oh, it's Adoka's team. It's Ime yeah. Adoka's team. Yep. And you can already see it. You can already see it a few games into the season. Like That's that's fact. What was bad about this team last year? Carelessness with the ball, turnovers. I was listening to Craig Ackerman on Shin the other day talk so much about their transition defense being awful oh, a season ago. And like now they're amongst the league's best at preventing teams from scoring on the break. Why? Because Ime Adoka has a commitment to those things. Careful with the basketball. Don't turn it over. Take good shots. Exploit bad matchups on the offensive end. Try hard defensively. Communicate defensively. Hustle back defensively. Care. Care. That's it. But Ime Adoka, like, that's his philosophy. Those are the things that he coaches. Those are the things that he demands. And if you're not willing to do it, you're not going to play. I think it's why Cam Whitmore Shh. might be in, in Rio, in our, uh, Rio, Rio Grande Valley, Valley RGV, yep. Yep. Our, uh, yep. trying to figure out the acronym there. This is Ime Adoka's team. No doubt about it. Smartest voice in the room. Smartest basketball mind in the building. And you turned everything over. You turned the keys over to a guy that's not going to force feed you Kevin Porter Jr. And tell you that we go back to the old analogy with what color is the dress and tell you that it's blue when we all know that it's bright red. Like, Kevin Porter Jr. was not a point guard. Kevin Porter Jr. had no business taking on the ball-dominant role that they were trying to force-feed you and give him. He led the league in turnovers a year ago. But that's just one of many op- where they were running amok because guys that didn't have the experience, the knowledge, and the basketball IQ to make a lot of the decisions were making the decisions. Now you've got the loudest voice in the room, the smartest basketball mind in the building, and a guy that's implementing a system and a coaching staff that will work individually with players to become better to where there's no doubt in my mind that that's an absolutely accurate call. He is the, the guy for the Rockets. Yeah. Uh, everything that he, he preaches and he demands are things that you have to do to play for him. And you can see his imprints on this team already because – you really, I mean, you have the veterans, but even the veterans, like Fred Van Vliet isn't a superstar. Dylan Brooks isn't a superstar. Fred Van Vliet's a really a role player, 
Dylan Brooks is very much a role yeah, player. Now, say for now a good in their roles. Million dollar a year role yeah, and I player. think that they are like overpaid for those roles, but you had money to spend, and I think that you needed it because of the youth that you have. And because you have youth, cheap contracts, you can afford to overspend on veteran like the veteran guys. But I also think it's critical. Like I think it's a necessity. If you don't have those veterans, you don't get the buy in. You don't get this team playing well. And look, I don't want to like overrate three games that you played at home against teams that had critical pieces of their team missing. But even if they were like losing these games, you can see this stuff. You can see the effort defensively. You can see them taking good shots. You see them playing good team basketball. Take it a step further, Jeremy, because everything you said is accurate. But let's also take into consideration that when Rafael Stone was the, the, the loudest voice in the room and Tillman Fertitta and Rafael Stone were out there considering James Harden and Patrick Fertitta and talking about James Harden being a guy that when they did have money that they could spend that they almost had to spend before they went out and got a guy like it's, that's a team-playing veteran that, that Fred Van Vliet is, or to be a guy that can be a guy that can be bring toughness, but also uh, you know show the young guys how to play defensively in a certain way, like Dylan Brooks or Jeff Green. Those guys weren't on the radar until after they hired Ime Adoka, and he basically said, nope, I'm out on Harden. That's not going to be the way we're going to play. I don't want anything to do with him. I'll tell you guys that can make our young guys better and can help me do my job better, and that is implement my systems. He got system guys. Mm-hmm. Those guys are running the system, and that's in part why they're playing better basketball. Those are, I think those guys are pillars to the development of your young players, too. Like Dylan Brooks at you know, $40 million, whatever he's making, isn't going to give you that return on the floor. Same thing with Fred Van Vliet, although they've been, they've been very good. But if all of these young players like reach their potential – and they turn into these type of veterans, these type of professionals that are leaders, that are guys that you can trust on the floor, that play hard, they're worth it. Their return on investment is worth it. Tenfold, because you know why? They're bridging the gap for you. Because by the time their contracts expire, a majority of these young players, or at least a few of these young players, are going to show you that they belong, that they're on a different level, that they're willing to take their game to the levels of the highest points of the NBA, to where now maybe if they want to stay, you're more apt to say, I'll keep you around here at a, at a, at a lower price point, but at the same time, you did what you were supposed to do, you did your job beautifully, you helped develop the young players and kept us afloat and more. Yep. I, I think that, that you can make a long-term scenario because of the fact that they're doing what you needed them to do to bridge the gap. King of Twitch says Rockets still need a banger with attitude. Jeff Green is almost that guy. Yeah, I mean, they're not, they're not a finished product at all, and they do need that banger rim protector, a guy who can get 12, 13 rebounds uh, a game. A couple of others here. Uh, Corey, I kind of like that there isn't one person to point to and say it's their team. I feel like I, I love the team-style basketball. They're going to exploit matchups, too. If you have a weak defender on Jalen Green, it's Jalen Green's night. you have a weak defender on Alpi, they're not going to double-team, it's it's Alpi's night. That's what I, I do like. I mean, every single night it's going to be a little bit different depending on the matchup. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Whose team is this? 713-780-3776. Also, I mean, lots of attention for Stroud. Number two pick of the draft. He is your midway offensive rookie of the year. May have already won that award. You start to see people mentioning his name for MVP. Do you like all of the national buzz for your players? In this case, C.J. Stroud. Do you like it when they're getting all of this national praise? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees broadcasting live from the Decoy and Spring Branch ahead of their opening night tomorrow. It's Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.